views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the hit show, Raging Skillet Radio, mouthing off with Chef Rossi. Each show, Rossi, a.k.a. Chef Rossi, and author of the hit memoir, The Raging Skillet, mouths off about different subjects in a pursuit of breaking down walls and opening up our minds. Look out. She and Dr. Pat banter back and forth using the subject of each show as a framework for uplifting, inspiring, and what exuberant conversations. So get ready for that appetizer that will wet your whistle as we lean into the main course of the day. Issues, conversations, things that are heavy on your minds, but lightening up your heart and ending each show off with that sweet, sweet, sweet dessert of inspiration. Now, here is your host, Chef Rossi. Hi, I'm Chef Rossi. And I'm Dr. Pat. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) We are ready to mouth off. We are ready to go. Hey, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show, Transformation Talk Radio, and I'm here with Chef Rossi. Yep, that's it. Rossi is what we like to call her, but I like to call her Chef Rossi. You know, what I want to just say about Chef Rossi and today's show and the Raging Skillet and all of the above is that, you know, coming in here and being able to have a conversation about Raging Skillet Radio and what it means to mouth off with Chef Rossi is that this isn't just about us bantering back and forth about things that are on our minds and we're just complaining about it. That's not what the show's about. The show's about talking about things that are on the minds and are in the hearts of people. And what that means is, if you know anything about Chef Rossi, if you've read her book, if you've seen the play they've done of her life, you'll know that she is in the world discovering who she is, figuring out what that means in the world, and then being in the world to help create a better place for all of us. That's what this is about. Whether you know her as a a, a rebel anti-caterer or if you know her as this person that speaks what's on her mind, you also know that she has a giant, giant heart. And today we are talking about one of my favorites and least talked about thing is this the in-between. How can we move toward the positive light. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the right, in honey. between. Well, can I just interject for one second? I got to tell you, if this isn't a whole show about me kvetching and complaining, I'm out of here right now. I'm Jewish. That's how I breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and if this isn't a show about emotional and getting like a little heat under the collar, I'm Italian. I'm out of oh, here. You're out of here too. I'm you can't get too. hot and spicy. Yeah. You're gone. Yeah. I, not only am I Italian, but I just found out my grandfather was born in Brazil. So I don't even know what to do with that, Chef Rossi. 
<laughs> oh, boy, you're going to have ch- churrasco marinara. <laughs> ah, uh-oh. Did we just create that right here? I think we just did. Oh. I got re- to come up with a recipe gotta for it. You got to write that down. I know. Let's write it down right down. now. Churrasco marinara. I love oh, it. Let's do that. Um, you know, listen, today's show is in between good and evil. There's a place for most of us. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's a poet that said, you know, beyond the field of right and wrong. So how do we navigate towards the light in a world that seems determined to pull us into the dark? So I got to tell you what I just did. I was just introducing one of our new shows. And, you know, it's she's fabulous, fabulous Cornelia. And all of a sudden I decide I'm going to give the quote from The Walking Dead from last night. And I thought, the Michonne, do you know Michonne? Michonne, one you know, of the I characters in The Walking I Dead. Don't, I don't watch The Walking Dead or Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead oh, or no, anything no, of the, the Dead. Same. Not the same. I, I don't like the gory stuff. I watch it because of the human interaction. So Michonne comes out and she says to this kid, the kid with the hat, Carl, I think his name is, she says, don't fantasize about failure. It's mm. all in the winning. Great quote. That's a great What quote. is that? I'm like, that's great. Why, that's great. Why should do be a I need t-shirt. to watch The Walking Dead to get that quote? I don't, don't know. fantasize about failure, Fantastic. Chef You know, I think that anything you dwell on, you put energy into. Yeah. What's, what was interesting is that this whole idea of the in-between, the reason that came about for me was because I was in the synagogue on the high holidays, and um, the synagogue I go to in New York is... Congregation Beth Simchat Torah, or CBST. It's the gay and lesbian synagogue, but it's everybody and everyone. You know, like, really, you don't have to be gay. You're like every walk of life, every religion, everyone goes there. And there's Mm -hmm. so many people on the high holidays that they rent out, like, a large part of the Javits Center. So on Rosh Hashanah, there were 5,000 people there. On Yom Kippur, there may be 6,000 people there. And they do all these great speeches, and normally you kind of fall asleep during the, these sort of religious speeches, but not here. And a young female rabbi was talking, and in her speech she was talking about how everybody concentrates on trying to be good and trying not to be evil, like only on the end. Let, let's be good, let's not be evil. And she said, really, life, and for most of us, it's all about the in-between. So most people are not truly good, and most people are not truly evil, a few exceptions, of course. Um, it's all about trying to gravitate towards the good from the in-between. So that was what gave me the idea for the topic of today's show. But after we came up with the idea of what we were going to talk about, yeah. the whole Me Too thing came about. Mm-hmm. When Alyssa Milano tweeted, you know, for every woman who's been sexually harassed or abused to tweet yeah. Me Too. And yeah. It just is, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands and millions of Me Too's have been on Twitter and Facebook since then, but basically Harvey Weinstein and what happened with him yeah. spurred this movement. But it's it's growing and, and growing in a, for a lot of different reasons and in a lot of different ways. And so at first I thought, well, we have to have two topics to talk about, you know, um, not just trying to go to the light as opposed to the dark. We have to talk about Me Too. But then I talked. I thought about it further, and I realized, no, we don't. This is all one topic, because we do not want any more Me Too's. We do not want new Me Too's. We want to empower women. We want to educate men. 
And all of that is about heading to the light. And I would love to talk about not just the ways that women can empower themselves to not become a victim, but the ways that we can teach our men to not become the perpetrator. You know, we have to head towards the light. We have to to head towards the light. And as my mother used to say, oh boy, are you ready for this? I don't know. I'm sitting down, luckily. In order for you to head to the light, First of all, you got to know where this is. This is this is Grandma now. You got to know where the lamp is, Patricia, and you got to know how to turn the light on. You know, you, you know, do, do you know how to turn the light on? How many of us have gone into somebody's house and they got these lamps, and you never know where the switch is? Right. Some of them right. traditionally have been on the top. Now they're not on the top. Then they're on the wire. Then you got to find that. And it's I went through this in my office today. It's like I got this lamp that I love to turn on. And I'm like, where is that? Where do I turn the switch on? And what I love about the whole Me Too thing is there's this idea of we can have a better way and we can still stand in our power. And I think right. sometimes we forget that, though, Chef. We forget mm-hmm. that we can speak out because mm-hmm. we've forgotten Absolutely. how to speak out. I think that some of these things, like I, I think of this story that's going to sound unrelated, but I think about it a lot. I have a good friend of mine who lives in L.A. who um, started having back problems. And he went to the chiropractor And the chiropractor said to him, how is it that you're even walking? Like, you should be in so much pain. And he said, well, I guess it's just that it was just a little more and a little more and a little more so gradually every year over so many years that I would get used to a little more pain and a little more pain. And then by the time I knew it, you know, here I am with the amount of pain a normal person could never tolerate. He didn't even realize he was in that much pain because... He'd been accommodating and accommodating and accommodating. I know for me, you know, Mm -hmm. I've had a little bit of sexual harassment every year for not even since puberty, since even before puberty. And, you know, at first it was kind of funny and shocking, you know, when someone would speak to me strangely or or say these things to me, you know. But then I would sort of get over the shock and kind of accommodate Mm -hmm. and, you know, grow and sort of grow around it and... Mm-hmm. Then when I developed and I had a shape and I started looking like a woman, it got, like, much more so. And so, you know, now here I am, I'm 53 years old. I don't get hit on that much anymore, even though I personally think I'm still pretty cute. But because, you know, I'm 53 years old, I'm not like a 20-something-year-old. But I have a walk. My girlfriend points this out. I really walk like a truck driver. I walk very tough. And, like, you'd have to be a crazy person to mess with me. That's how I look. <laughs> that really is how I look when I walk down the street. And you're going to see, you know, I'm just like, and sometimes when people say things to me rather than hitting on me, they'll say things like, beat me up, baby, stuff like that. But that came about from years and years and years of being sexually harassed. Like, pretty much every time I would leave the house, it was a little bit of an obstacle course. Like if I went by a construction site, I knew I was going to hear it. If I went by a bunch of guys hanging out on the street, I knew I was going to hear it. And so I got tougher and tougher and tougher and gradually, gradually, gradually. So when the Me Too campaign started, you know, I thought about it. Like I don't, um, 
think of myself as someone who is a, a sexual abuse victim or a sexual harassment victim. But then when I think about it, like the reason I'm walking, like best defense is a good offense, the reason I'm so tough, the reason I'm so you better stay away, is because of years and years and years of my formative years of being harassed. And I see what happens to women who walk down the street. And my neighborhood in the East Village on Avenue C, God help you if you're a woman with a big butt. You walk down the street, I mean, I think it's a Latin thing. Latin men love that big butt. You're going to hear it every step you take. I mean, you cannot even relax for a second. So it's about re-educating our entire culture. And personally, I think what happened with Harvey Weinstein Mm -hmm. was terrible for a thousand different reasons. But it it was the reason it was mostly terrible, and this I thought about today, and I have to write this down, and you should too. The reason it was mostly terrible was not because women like you and like me and like every woman we know We didn't say, when Harvey Weinstein's crap came out, we didn't say, here we go. We all said, here we go again. Right. Again, because we've all been through some aspect of it. I do not know a single woman who has not been through something. You might find, my friend Nancy pointed out to me recently, you might find a few men who have never sexually harassed a woman, but you will not find a woman who's never been sexually harassed in some way or another. You know, yeah. This is all our story, and we just don't talk about it. We don't talk about it because we don't want to make waves. We don't want to make enemies. We don't want to lose our job. We don't want to call attention to it. Um, but I, I say viva la wave maker. Well, I, you know, I love talking about this, and I want to just give everybody an opportunity to call into the show today, 1-800-930-2819. We're taking your calls. Please weigh in on this. 1-800-930-2819. You know, I'm, it's not that I am like completely like, oh, my God, really? Okay. Are you going to speak out now? And then you're not going to speak out anymore. Thank you for the whole Me Too thing. But while we're sitting here talking about this, I am really struck by uh, a conversation I had this weekend. Very similar, you know, kind of. But... My friend says to me, Chef, my friend says to me, she says, you know, Pat, I, I know the eye is all on Harvey Weinstein and Weinstein, Weinstein. It's all on Harvey. And they, and I said, yeah, and it should be. And do you know what she said to me? She said, you have two eyes. Put one on Harvey and put one on what's about to happen to the elderly. And I thought, uh, uh, I mean, it can't be. We're not talking sex. So what she was saying to me is this in-between that we're talking about today. There are many opportunities for us to look at it. And what she was alluding to was the fact that this this tax thing that's going on right. is going to cut. And I, I posted something about it this morning because people were commenting, and I posted an article that was somewhere, I think it was CNN, 473 billion cuts from Medicare over 10 years. Medicare is what helps people that are old enough 
that they cannot really go out and work anymore. They cannot get the money. And what she said to me is she says, you know what's interesting about this? Society thinks it's an old person's problem. So here's the in-between, Chef Rossi. She said, who do these, this is her words, who do these youngsters think is going to pay for their mother's care? And so I thought, wow, that's an in-between I want to talk about today. Because it's not just seven degrees of separation, But if you're sitting and listening to this show and you're thinking, I'm in my 20s, my 30s, and my 40s, and you know what, 10 years, I have enough time to plan. It's not about you, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. But isn't this the in-between that we have to step into? I would love to know why it is. I mean, you know, okay, I did it too, but... Why is it that young people never, it never occurs to them that they're going to be old one day themselves? You it know, never occurred it, to me. I'm sorry. I'm no, one no, of them. No, me too. But look, I'm Never 53. occurred to me. I just started thinking about it the last three years. But I had a huge wake-up call because I, I cared for my father for the last five years of his life. And thank God for his case, he mm. had ample Medicare and he had a pension from having been a school teacher for 35 years. Yep. And I was able to care for him in a, in a wonderful way and take good care of him and treat him in the way that he deserved. But so many people I know, you know, if they didn't have Medicare, they don't have a pension to rely on. They don't necessarily even have health insurance. I mean, if they didn't have Medicare, they would really be really in deep trouble. And so what I'm seeing a lot of now, honestly, are millionaires and billionaires getting richer and chipping away at what the poor have, what the elderly have. It's astounding. Chipping away at their health insurance, chipping away at their tax benefits, chipping away at their Medicare. And it's terrifying. It's terrifying to me. And what's more terrifying is that there are so many people in this country who are brainwashed mm-hmm. the same way the German people were brainwashed by the rise of the Nazi movement and by Hitler. I mean, that mm-hmm. kind of brainwashed. We're there running to rallies and cheering and supporting the very same people who want to take away the care for their mother or take away their care, take away their health insurance, take away their Medicare. And when they have no one to help them care for their mother, they may very well still be going to those rallies and cheering for the people that took it away. And I don't understand that sort of mass brainwashed hysteria, but it's terrifying. I don't know. It's like, makes me, like, wish that we really did have superheroes, that we really could have Wonder Woman. That was such an inspiring movie, that we really could have Wonder Woman come back and be like, this is now going to stop. The sexual harassment of women is going to stop. You know, taking Medicare away from your grandmother, this is going to stop. Mass hysteria is going to stop. Refusing to do anything good for your country if your uh, political party doesn't appreciate it is going to stop. Like, I would love to have a few superheroes. Yeah. So let, let me just say, let's just create our own call to action, right? Sure. You know, here we are with the Me Too. Here we are <laughs> with looking outside of ourselves. I love what you just said because the time is for every one of us to become our own Wonder Woman. 
This mm-hmm. is the time for us to tap inside of who we are in the world today and say, I am a Wonder Woman. And to stand up for in a way that doesn't represent somebody else's values. And I'm not saying what you should believe. I think in this country, we all get to believe anything we want to believe. And we get to say anything we want to say in this country. That's part of what makes America great. And what I mean by that is it is time for us to find this voice. You know, in that Wonder Woman movie, she had to find her strength. Mm-hmm. She was looking outside of herself, mm-hmm. right? She was looking she was outside of herself. She was training and training but she didn't realize And she didn't know she was thought. it. She right. was looking for the sword or the thing that was going to be this, this evil killer thing and then discovered she was that. Isn't that the call to action today is for mm-hmm. each of us, you know, as women in the world – we each have part of that Wonder Woman inside of us. And I, I don't that. know that we have given ourselves permission to be her. It's a good point. First of all, I love that. Find your own wonder find your inner Wonder Woman. I think what has drummed out of us. Mm-hmm. No, I I remember reading this a while back and I, I experienced it on my own where girls are very often we we feel like superheroes when we are seven and eight years old, and then as we start to go through puberty, we're told what we can't do, what girls can't do, what we can't do, and it starts to be drummed out of us. I mean, luckily, it happens quite a bit less with the millennials than it did in my generation because we have role models who have refused to let that be drummed out of them. Um, even though Hillary Clinton did not become president, as she should have been, thank you very much, um, her getting as far as she did... Now, girls will not let that be drummed out of them, will not let that you can't be president thing happen to them. But it's like we go about the world and we are constantly under attack to lose our self-esteem. And sometimes the worst enemy of a woman's self-esteem can be other women. Like I know as a writer, it's astounding to me that some of the best things that happened to my writing career did not happen from women. I remember I used to write a lot for a variety of newspapers, and whenever it was a male editor who was there, I would mm-hmm. get great writing assignments. And whenever it was a female editor who was there, I would get almost no writing assignments. And It was almost like there was only a, this small amount of room on the top of a dime for women writers, so they didn't want anyone else on their dime. I don't know. It was kind of astounding. Um, when I do find women who help me, especially if they're peers and they're helping me in the same profession they have, I, I take a moment to give them gratitude and to really celebrate what they're doing. And I well, try to do the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, I want to talk about something, too, because sometimes, you know, we can sound like there have been things done to us and men have not come in a place to help be our angels. I will tell you that in my career and in my life, what I loved about being able to look back in deep, deep gratitude, Chef Rossi, is that angels in my life have no gender. They have no race. They are angels. I I, got to tell you, Brian McGorry, oh my God, I can't even believe I remember Brian McGorry. Brian McGorry was my supervisor. 
when I was maybe, what was I, 18, 19, in, in Bell Labs payroll in a room of 50 people. And Brian said to me one day, Chef, he said, Pat, you have a lot of potential. I'm telling you, I'm 18, 19. They called me Disco Patty for a reason. I was not <laughs> interested in, like, you have, a, you have a future. I'm interested, how soon can I get out of here and get over to New York to have some fun? And, and I'm sitting there, and Brian is like, you have a lot of potential. You need to go to school, though, to keep getting promoted. I said, Brian, the only school I can go to was fairly Dickinson up the road. And my gosh, by the time I get there, I got to be at 8 o'clock class. Then you want me here to start work at 7. You know what he did, Chef? What did he he said, you're going to leave early, 15 minutes. Good for him. Good for but, him. but here's the repercussion. This is the phone company back in what year? I don't even know. You don't violate those executive procedures and orders. You don't do something like change when a clerk can leave. You don't do it. Brian did it. He filled up my tuition form. I left. Then he had to go in front of the president, the vice president, his boss, and executive director. And he said, this is ridiculous. We need to change the policy. This is what the voice of, of people that speak up looks like and feels like. See, this is what we're inviting people to do. This is what the in-between can get us to do. We could stay stuck in the in-between, but if you're like mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali all day, all night, the work is worth it. You know, mm-hmm. the voice is Absolutely. worth it. Well, the first step is to be a little bit brave. You know, I know so many people and um, – really, really in particular, a lot of women I'm thinking of, who are terrified to step out of their comfort zone. Like, I have met women who got offered fantastic jobs that would have made more money for them. Maybe not immediately, but eventually would have given them a chance to make a lot more money, would have given them a lot more challenge, Mm -hmm. would have given them a chance to grow. Mm-hmm. And they turned down those jobs in favor of staying at the one that was safe and comfortable, that would never really offer any growth or any potential. I mean, what can I say? That's about being brave. I did that once myself. I had When I was back in my bartending days, I had a chance to take this really high-level, very difficult but exciting bartending job at a really busy nightclub or stay at my very safe, quiet, easy, comfortable job that I had forever and wasn't ever going to grow anywhere with. And I decided to turn down the exciting job because I was safe and comfortable and my life was difficult enough. I was like, I gave myself reasons. And the end result was that the women who had taken the exciting job made a fortune and went on to keep doing other interesting things. And I wound up getting fired from my safe loser job because it wasn't going anywhere and I was bored. (laughs) You know, I was like, oh, my God, I made the wrong. I never made that decision again. It was my first Mm -hmm. and last time. But I see it all the time. I have um, young women who are intern, have been my intern, my goddaughter, my protege. I have some 20-something-year-old women in my life. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the decisions they make. I have uh, one of my my young female, I would call her a protege, who took some very exciting internships that were terrifying that I would be afraid to do where she was in the Middle East and doing all these crazy things. And um, she wound up 
getting into the very best college and having really her future open up for her because she was rewarded for taking that very courageous decision. Um, I know a lot of other women, especially young women, who the second they get something that feels comfortable, just want to stay there forever because they're not striving and they're not being nervous and they don't want to worry, you know. I think you have to... Someone once told me this, that it's never good to make decisions based on fear. But that goes both yeah. ways. It's not good yeah. to not do something because you're afraid of it, but it's also not good to do something because you're afraid of it. I've also done a lot of stupid things to prove I wasn't afraid of it. That's just as bad. I think being brave has got a lot to do with being kind. People never think of those two as linked, but they really are. I mean, if someone's in trouble and you have to put yourself into some kind of jeopardy to help them, then you have to be brave to be kind. If someone is being sexually harassed and you have to put yourself under the spotlight to stand up and say, me too, leave her alone, me too, leave her alone, you have to be brave to be kind, to be supportive. So I like that. I That's a Chef Rossi quote. That's something we're going to talk about. Um, today, but that is a takeaway from the show. Be brave to be kind. Absolutely. How can we support you in that? We're going to take a short break. The in-between. How can we move toward the positive light? And I think Chef Rossi gave you the, 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 what I like to consider the secret formula for it. Be brave to be kind. So much, so much will change in your life. The feeling of bravery to be kind, there's nothing quite like it because you're stepping outside of yourself. You're being drawn by a purpose and a power so much greater than yourself. And you're doing it in the spirit of kindness. Let's take a short break and we come back. Brave to be kind, that and much more. 1-800-930-2819. Give us a call. Love to know your thoughts. We'll be right back with Chef Rossi. stuck in unhealthy habits, toxic relationships, or low self-esteem? Do you crave a life of inspiration, love, self-acceptance, and fun? Sounds like you're on the verge, on the verge to your next big thing. Join Laura Richer, host of On The Verge Radio, helping you use your breakdown for a breakthrough, overcome life's greatest challenges, and live the life you want and deserve. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio or visit seattlehealinghypnosis.com for more information. Hey, did you know why they call the foundation the foundation? It's called the foundation because it completely eliminates your foundation for what you thought your reality was and creates a whole new space where you can have an entirely new reality that is foundationless. So from my point of view, they should call it the unfoundation or the foundationlessness. Either way, there's a big new global rewrite happening again because these guys cannot stop changing. There should be like a change anonymous that Gary and Dane go to. And it's happening April 28th to May 1st. 
You can find out about it at accessconsciousness.com forward slash global foundation. It's happening in Paris. Go to Paris or do it online or find a pod near you. These are all the options you have. And what else is possible? Are you feeling stagnant or blocked in your love life, career, health, or finances? Experiencing difficulty focusing or setting and achieving goals? Tune in to Spiritual Diagnostics Radio with psychic visionary healers Carol Dorian and Justice Welling. Discover the cause and effect of unwanted patterns in life. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit spiritualdeed.com. Are you ready to tap into the healer within? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know the real doctor is the source that lives within you, that heals within you minute by minute every day? The healer within is the innate intelligence of the human body. When we cut our hand with a piece of glass, we don't have to command the body to close the wound and grow new skin. It knows how to heal itself. We do have to nourish the skin by disinfecting it and remove the glass or it cannot heal. The innate healer relies upon us to assist in this healing process. Our role is to identify its needs, provide the substances required for the healing, and remove the obstacle. Contact us to achieve optimal health at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Chef Rossi is, uh, listen, before we just go on, I want to make sure if you want to find out how to, how can people find out more about you and give us an update? How's everything going on in the world of Chef Rossi? Okay. Well, the, the play based on my book, The Raging Skillet, the play is dramatically different title called Raging Skillet. We just had five sold out standing ovation smash weeks at Theater Works in Hartford, Connecticut. And now we're trying to get theaters around the country to pick up the play because it's all about love and food and family and it's so fun and it may even make you cry a few times. I mean, it's just it's just it. So we're hoping it'll come to New York and Seattle and New Jersey and L.A. I was just off the phone with a theater director in L.A. and I've been on the phone with theater people all around the country. And so if you're interested, please write to me through theragingskillet.com and also that's a great way to always find me is through the ragingskillet.com. You can email me right through the site and it'll show you what's going on. Um, I've also finished the screenplay based on the book, The Raging Skillet, and I'm certainly hoping it'll be a movie one day, but I was just speaking with some a film and television contacts of mine who are talking about the possibility of it being a TV show, which now I kind of like the idea too, The Raging Skillet TV show, and it's loads of fun. But in the short term, I would say if you're an artistic director or you have a theater or you know someone who does, please contact me because we'd love to get the play all around the country. And I'm hard at work on my second book, tentatively titled Escape from Kingston Avenue, which is all about my time living with the Hossies when I was a punk rock teenager. If there's ever something that will make a book, it is a pink-haired punk rock teenager living with Hasidic Jews in 1981 Brooklyn. I mean, before I- Forget about it. 
<laughs> oh my god! I just I I, just, I don't want to start laughing hysterically. I don't even know what the book is about, but I have a visual of that. You know, growing up in the Bronx, you know, I I have such a visual of that of seeing you then doing that. <laughs> but you know, isn't it interesting? Look at us. Um, you know, I shared this story a lot of times of me selling hot dogs from a hot dog cart. Yes, I did do that. And, you know, albeit I didn't do it very long because I would not sell those hot dogs, Chef Rossi, that sit in that boiling water until they turn gray. So oh. I saved them up and threw them out. And and the, the guy that owned the car saw me throw them out one day. And so, OK, fired. Um, but there are things we learn about people from our life experiences. I want to talk about this because, you know, people have said to me, Pat. I, we get it. We know you're, you've got Transformation Talk Radio. We do not understand why you don't have a different channel for people that want to present opposing um, opinions. And I said, all of the channels do that. I mean, if mm-hmm. there is an opposing opinion, let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. have an opposing opinion. Um, and... They said, no, why don't you have something that just features that? And then I get this from you, the Mm in-between. And I'm thinking, that's the channel, the Mm -hmm. in-between. I love it. Because this idea of being on the left, the right, being up, being down, wait a minute. If we're going to talk about having different views and values, why don't we call it something that brings us in the middle? Mm-hmm. Because how do we move ahead if I'm watching The Walking Dead and you're watching Donna Reed? I mean, I don't know. I think Donna Reed maybe was like The Walking Dead, but different. But you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> right? I do. I do. Look, in the end, we we really have to change the world to not be like, this is Democrat, this is Republican, this is right, this is wrong, this is right wing, this is left wing. In the end, we have to come together in, in between. Um, I guess kind of a lot of what's going wrong in the world is that nobody will gravitate towards a life in the middle. But I would like the in-between to head towards the kind as away from the dark. Being in the in-between does not mean that I'm embracing going into the middle of darkness either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, we got somebody calling in. Cool. Mr. Benny, we have somebody. We, we asked for folks to please call in. I love this. Mr. Benny, who do we have? It's Susan calling in from New York. Hello, Susan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Susan. Hi. Hi, Susan. Hi, hi, hi everyone. How are you? Hello. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you ladies doing? Fantastic. Well, you know, I think we're getting a little heated up here. I don't usually have an opportunity to get heated up on my shows because I'm always interviewing people. Yeah, but with Chef Rossi, I just get to show up. Isn't that fascinating, huh? <laughs> well, I, I, I understand. I'm, I'm Italian also and that we both like to get heated up. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Am I going to have to get some ice water happening here? What's going on? <laughs> There's always something to get heated up about, isn't there? Absolutely. You know, I, I think uh, during the 80s, though, I, I wasn't heated up. I was, um, I was like totally in the 80s, like air supply George Michael. 
But now I watched the George Michael special and I got very sad. But what's your comment? What do you think? Are we making any sense? Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, you're definitely, you're, you're speaking to me. And um, I just happened to be lucky enough to uh, listen to the, the Dr. Pat show. And I've listened to and, and heard uh, Chef Rossi come on quite a few times. She's very inspirational. And so are you, Dr. Pat. I think we're in the right direction, you know, just uh, being brave to be kind. Uh, you know, I think we have to be brave. We have to be brave and take care of ourselves and stop depending on others to take care of us. Uh, whether you're married or you're, you're not or you're in a relationship or whatever it is, you have to take your own uh, responsibility for yourself. Um, Absolutely. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I agree. And can I can I be the uh, what do you call it? The the uh, not a hundred percent agree person. What do you call somebody like that? And Devil's it's not advocate. the B. It's not the B word, so it's not going to be that. But, <laughs> you, you know what <laughs> I mean? Sure. Okay, let sense? me let me be the refined Dr. Pat for a moment. May I give okay. you a different perspective? Sure. Here you go. I agree with you a million percent. I do believe that we all are really being called to take care of ourselves. I really do. But you know what I also believe? I believe that if you are going to change policies and change things in a massive way, we need a little bit of a heads up, folks. And so when they repealed the psychological contracts in work, and believe me, I was part of that in 1990 and 91 when we initiated the first downsizing, nobody prepared us for those of us that were getting a little bit older. Nobody prepared us back then and told us that nationally and globally, we were going to lay off and fight. They called it layoffs. There was no layoffs. They fired people. We weren't prepared for that. We have generations mm -hmm. of children that grew up with their parents in their 50s trying to get jobs. Nobody prepared those kids for that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm. Here's me speaking up a little bit. I'm reading the thing about Medicare cuts of like a half a trillion dollars, and I'm thinking – you're getting a 10-year heads up. Those of you that have parents over here that hopefully if you're on Medicare, you're going to be godfathered, grandmothered in, whatever it is, in. But if you're not, this is the heads up to everybody listening that you're, you're like 30 and you're like 40. Guess what? Don't even be thinking about yourself, thinking about mm -hmm. your folks, because when push comes to shove, get when you plan your new house, everybody, when you're planning to build mm -hmm. your new house, that you and your partner and you're going to move in, build a room for your parents. You hear me? Because mm -hmm. this is really me. I'm a little fired up over this, that we're blowing yeah. by this. It's in CNN. And we're thinking, ah, oh, 10 years, I'm not going to worry about that. Well, I don't know. I am. In 10 years, I'll be pretty close to needing Medicare. You know, I'm, I'm going to get my Medicare in 12 years. I don't want it chipped away. But 12 years, forget it. That's out of the ring. Susan, what do you think? I mean, that's right? Yeah, no, I no, I agree with you. You know, that's definitely, I've always thought about taking care of my parents, and uh, both my parents have passed away now, but um, I probably am in that 
I'm the next, we're the generation that needs, will be needing some kind of uh, social security and uh, assistance. So I agree with you that we always have to think down the road. Yeah, you and Chef Rossi then, right? Because, you know, what I think is fascinating, we have my generation that are thinking, oh, we're godfathered. I say godfathered, and I'm sure it's not godfathered, Benny. Is that wrong? It's not godfathered. Yeah, but I like to think Godfather because I'm Italian. We have two Italians on the phone. Of course, you're going to say Godfather. It's got to be Godfather. Godfather, then, because I know I know what would happen if you ever crossed anybody in my family. But the thing that I want to say about this is, this is real, and we do have to be brave to be kind. And right now, being brave to be kind is starting to ask questions. Don't you think we should just ask a few questions, maybe? Very, very, very loudly. Oh, very loudly. We should ask those questions loudly. I I also think a lot of young people are struggling to keep their families together. They are. And they're so busy doing that that it's very difficult for younger people that have young children growing in their uh, adolescent years, growing up, to think outside of themselves um, enough to, to consider the, the ramifications of what's going to happen down the line. I, I don't think that they're thinking about it. You know, I don't think that, that you really see these things until you're, you've already lived your life and you see the things and you, you're, you're more compassionate as you get older. You your compassion deepens. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not saying be like me. Please, please, don't try to be <laughs> like me. Let me tell you uh-huh. why. This is like the pot calling the kettle black right now. Because the bottom line for me, Chef Rossi and I were talking about this. You know, it, when I was Jessica's age, and I look at Jessica and I think, oh my God, how much, how much wisdom, how much vision, how much caring. Oh my gosh, I'm thinking like, I no not me. Here I am in my 20s, and we were joking about this. I'm thinking, just call me Pat Donna Summer Basili. That Give me a disco <laughs> ball. Just, you know, just New York City. Yeah, how, mm-hmm. how early can I get to New York? I showed mm-hmm. up in the office once on overtime, stoned out of my head from having a party, and you could st- I walk in, and I'm asleep at the water fountain. And so, no, don't be like that. Don't be like that. No, no. And I was a different version of that. I was like, I was like Rossi, Johnny Rotten, Joe Jett. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Same idea. But can't we all do me too? Can't Mm -hmm. we say me too? See, right. This is my wounded spot. Mm -hmm. I, I vote for the underdog. Absolutely. I work with women that have struggled with addictions. This is for me. This is what I have to really look at in my life. And I'm don't be like me. Be better than me. And this but is so important. You know, speak up. I will tell you this, that when I wasn't partying, I was marching on Washington. I was marching in New York. I was burning my bra. Why? Why was I doing that? you were that? a badass. That's why. Well, and because we weren't criticized for speaking out. I mean, they didn't like it, but we weren't criticized. How can we help others? This is what I want to ask you both, because I I don't know the answer to this. How can we help others be brave to be kind? 
what can we what can the three of us talk in here what can we do well the the simplest answer is an answer to a lot of things in life which is to lead by example like if you would like people to be brave and to be kind and to be brave to be kind do the same yourself Lead by example. Mm-hmm. Show what bravery looks like. Show what being brave to be kind looks like. And also to talk about it a lot, to open the conversation, to ask questions. Um, I know that uh, as, as a public speaker, it's come a lot where I was sort of wondering, you know, what I could do to entice people to ask more, to get into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And the best advice I got about that was to ask them, to ask them questions, to get them to yeah. open up. Yeah. So if you want people to be brave, to be kind, you can also ask them. You can speak to young people and say, what could you do today that would be brave, that would be kind, that would be brave to be kind? And that opens up the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I, I honor the people today that are growing up, you know, the multi-generational people, people in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, and their 50s. I really look at this as, you know, we are all at a place, both men and women, both men and women, you know, and we are at this place where our children, our grandchildren, our friends, our partners are asking us, you know, give us some insight, help us, right? Mm -hmm. And is that the message for today? Allow yourself to be fully you in today's world. Is that our message? What do you think, Susan? Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, these are really heavy topics. And, um, you know, I don't think, like, I agree with you, Chef Rossi. I don't think there's, uh, you know, there's any easy answer. I think being, uh, by showing it, your example of how you do things, you, you model something and others can pick up on that, you know, or encouraging other people to be brave and uh, encouraging them to, to look at others and be more empathetic. Like, I don't know, uh, you know, how we can encourage others other than by example and, uh, just um, through our language, I think language really, you know, it, it, it's important when the, when we do speak to not speak as uh, victims, but to speak in, in in positive terms because it is okay to 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 be brave and to take a chance and to be to take to be positive or to to not agree with the masses. If you, if someone if you step on the side and say I don't agree with what everyone's saying. Sometimes groups can be very powerful and families can be very influential in the way they do things because they group together and the dominant uh, voice becomes the voice of the family. Right. Um, I know in my own family I've had to stand up against that so often that I know I have a reputation over the years and probably not the best, but I think I hope that People in my family can see that I did it for good reasons um, and not because of anything else, but to to be more empathetic, I think, is important. To understand mm-hmm. other people's lights is more important. Is important. It's not just about the latest dress you're wearing or the best shoes you have or the car you have or, you know, your house, how big your house is. I don't care about those things. 
You know, I care about whether or not you thought about somebody else's issues this week, or do you think about the Black Lives Matter movement? Because you're white doesn't mean that you can't understand what somebody else feels. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's, it's a blessing when you have a difference in your life because you are then able to see beyond what people can see. Because most people live in the masses and don't see outside of themselves, just go, they are like programmed to do like their mothers did or their fathers did, and they don't think about other people that exist. And that's not healthy for this nation. I think this is a nation that is uh, combined with so many different groups and so many different people that we can't forget that. It's not just about us. It's about everyone in this. We're all in it together. You know, just like our grandparents had the, had the benefit of coming here, you know, and, and how I thank them. You know, every day I think about how lucky, how lucky we are to be here. How lucky, how fortunate, there before the grace of God go I. I could have been born somewhere in, somewhere else in, in the Sudan or someone in mm-hmm. Ethiopia or, or um, gosh, I don't know, some of the different areas in the, in the world that are so ridden with po- poverty mm-hmm. and, and, think and about uh, violence. That a lot. True. It's true. Yeah. Well, and you know, one you of the know, things I think different. about, what you know, mm-hmm. we're lucky. We're, we're lucky, and we're we need lucky. To, yeah, yeah. And and it's not that we haven't been through challenges, because I'll tell you this: I used to be one of the people that would check my 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 Vanguard account to make sure my stock market prices were way up there. I'm one of those people that had the four, not, not the, 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 whatever you call that. And I'm looking at the stock prices. And I would, you know, if, if that were me today, I'm pretty sure I'd be looking at that if, if I were me uh, the way I was back then. You know, I was that person that had that secure job. I was that person. I'm also that person that watched how quickly it all could disappear. The question is, as Michonne said, am I going to fantasize about failure or am I going to fantasize a future that is built on being brave to, 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 by being kind? And, you know, when you have it all, Chef Rossi, Susan Ryan, when you got it all and you still have it all and you're listening to this, it's pro- we're probably not making sense to you. But when you have it all and then you don't have it all. And then you can't figure out how to pay for this illness you got. That is when you start to think differently. And I'll tell you, I don't want people to go through what I went through. I really don't. I want to be able to say, why don't you look at this or why don't you look at that? Because I don't. I don't want people to do it. If they, if we can avoid not going through what each of you have gone through, not mm-hmm. thinking about what it's like not to be able to wake up someday. Boy, I'm all into trying to figure out how to help people, aren't you? I know oh, exactly yeah. what you mean. I know, you I know been... exactly what you mean. You know, I think had about a that a lot. Thing. I think about Dr. that Pat, a lot. Dr. Pat, you like, also lived in your car. I, I, I listened to one of your shows. You, you were homeless at some point yep. in your life. Yep. Am I right? I know the same yeah, thing. Yeah, no, that's Jeff, absolutely right. You know, and- I, I learned everything I know about sales today, begging for money, 
in uh, the Port Authority in New York. Um, well, first, let me thank you both for today. Benny's like, okay, we need to wrap it up. You ladies, we forgot it's even a show, and I'm, I forgot it's a show. Thank Can you imagine you if alcohol was involved? We'd never get off this. Oh, my God. How, please tell, how can we find out? And Susan, thank you for calling in. Chef Rossi, how can people find out more about you? And thank you again for another fabulous show to get us to think more. Well, you can always go to theragingskillet.com, and there you'll find me and all the other places I'm at because I'm also on Instagram as Chef Rossi NYC, and I'm Chef Rossi on Twitter, and I think I'm Chef Rossi NYC on Facebook. <laughs> you know, I'm, all this technology, I'm like, oh, hey, I like hardly, I just had to ask someone to help me turn on my iPad the other day. I need a third. I need a 13-year-old to follow me around and teach me about all this technology and social media stuff. But I'm basically all over the place, but the easiest way to find me is on theragingskillet.com. And Chef Rossi is right here on TransformationTalkRadio.com uh, every month. And we're kind of thinking of doing a couple of other really cool things together. For those of you out there, remember this. We don't have to fantasize about failure. Because think about this. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? Fantasize about that. Chef Rossi, thank you so much for today. Benny, Susan, and everybody out there, you're the best. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Raging Skillet Radio, mouthing off with Chef Rossi. Tune in on Transformation Talk Radio. And if you have missed any part of this, check it out at theragingskillet.com or transformationtalkradio.com. Say hi to Chef Rossi, let her know what's on your mind, and we will bring it to the next show. Visit theragingskillet.com and don't forget to get your own copy of the hit memoir, The Raging Skillet by Chef Rossi. See you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.